This episode of Let's Talk About Sex with Lynn and Jen is not intended as a substitute for seeing your own mental health provider. We are here to initiate conversations about sex. Let's keep the conversations going. You can find us on Twitter at TalkingSexPod or email us at TalkingSexPodcast at gmail.com. We also want to give special thanks to Nathan Diffie for our podcast cover art and our wonderful editor, Julia W.D. Harrison. Lynn Ponton and I, Jennifer Wong, are the executive producers. I'm Lynn Ponton of Let's Talk About Sex with Lynn and Jen, inviting you to listen to a podcast, Unmask, two therapists talking about psychological issues during the time of COVID. Please join us on in-depth conversations about COVID issues during this very challenging time. Thanks for tuning in. This is Jen from Let's Talk About Sex with Lynn and Jen, and I'm here with Lynn today. How are you doing, Lynn? I'm looking forward to this topic today, Jen. I am, because we're going to be talking about COVID again and some of the the new things coming up for everyone. Yeah, this is our segment, Unmasked, which, which, which we created in the midst of the pandemic. And so I think, you know, it's interesting because it's been about a year now since officially since everyone has been in lockdown dealing with the pandemic. And today we're going to focus on a lot of different angles that came up around this whole time and what people are experiencing and what we're observing and noticing and what we think will be helpful for you, our listener, to know about. So before we get started, I do want to bring up that I recently did get my second vaccine, which is exciting. I also have realized that one of the side effects I've been experiencing is that I can be saying something and will lose my train of thought in the middle of what I'm saying. So if I do sound a little bit more out of it or like I don't know what I'm talking about today, like I apologize, but I will do my best to keep us on track. You know, it's it's great to hear you talk about that, Jen, at least, uh, because that's an experience I think so many of us have had. When I had my first uh, shot, I had the experience of losing my train of thought in the middle. And it's especially hard with our work because oh, we're yeah. with the client and they are talking and they count on us to stay on track. And then we get off of it. And, you know, there are different words for this, like COVID brain and maybe COVID shot brain or something like that. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think it's an experience a lot of people talk about after they've had some exposure to this virus, whether it's in a vaccine or directly with the infection. Yeah, well, I I think what took me by surprise is, you know, I had heard a lot of my clients had really pretty intense physical symptoms. So they would have sort of the chills uh, 12 hours after getting their vaccine. They would just feel incredibly exhausted, which I also did feel. But I didn't have too many people talk about sort of their thought process. And it wasn't until I was having a session with a client and I noticed like something just felt a bit off that, you know, after I finished that session, I I obviously sat and reflected and I realized like, sure, there are times that I lose my train of thought, but the 
level to which it was happening was more intense than I think chance. And at first I attributed it to stress because there's just a lot of background things going on in my life that are stressful in addition to the pandemic. But then I realized that especially after I got my second vaccine and had a very similar sort of sudden shift in the way my thought process was going, I realized it was actually tied to the vaccine. And and I've learned to deal with it with clients by sort of being very upfront with them and letting them know that, you know, I am listening to them. This is what's going on. And, and they've all been very receptive. And I think grateful that, you know, I'm, I'm just being really honest with them about where I'm at so that they don't worry about whether they're doing something wrong that I'm not tracking or that they're not being articulate enough or any of the kind of anxious thoughts that can come up for, for us when we don't feel the same level of social connection with the person. I think it's great that you're letting your clients know and bringing that up because I think it's an experience a lot of people have with this vaccine and also with the virus. When my daughter, uh, one of my daughters got the, the, the virus, she talked about this and yeah. I experienced that talking with her when she was very sick, that, you know, there isn't that consistent train of thought really with it. And it's something that people lose and, and they talk about those who've suffered with this virus is really that they're not able to track in the same linear way. And it feels weirdly uncomfortable and like they're not themselves. And a lot of other ways that, you know, people I know have described it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think what comes up too is when I brought it up with some of my clients who have been diagnosed with ADHD, they talk about having a very similar experience. And so, you know, obviously I would never wish this on anybody, but I think one of the takeaways that I have is a level of under, like a experiential understanding for what they're going through. And I think if anything, that has, that has brought a different level of relating into our relationship. And what you're really talking about is, is having more empathy yeah. for us who suffer this, if we've never really had the feeling before. I think for me, when I got the vaccine and had those feelings, I feared that I was becoming senile, you know, being mm, older. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people in their 50s, 60s, 70s who get the vaccine, they talk about it as, oh, I must be becoming senile and not recognize that this is part of the process, yeah. really, with uh, the COVID, that it occurs and it, it impacts on our train of thought, our ability to attend word by word. So it's mm -hmm. a big, big change, I think, for a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing too is like recognizing how much energy it takes to stay focused, right? I think a, a lot of people who don't have the experience of losing the train of thought when they don't want it to happen can get frustrated when it's like, why can't you just focus? And it's like, a very visceral experience of frustration around sort of wanting to be able to do something, knowing that that's what you want to do and not being able to do it. And, you know, I've, I've been blessed, I guess, in that way where I, I haven't really had a lot of situations where I've been put in where I haven't been able to do the thing that I want to do. And, and so I think that it's been really interesting to 
experienced like that very specific type of frustration. And you describe it again very well, Jen. I think it's it's hard if you've never had that and your mind has always been really linear. It's hard then to suddenly see what so many people are grappling with, you know, that not only with the vaccine, but all our clients with ADD, you know, many of my clients are experiencing. And people with really intense anxiety. Exactly. And it just becomes very hard to carry something through with this. Mm-hmm. I mean, when we were talking about this podcast, the other thing we were talking about, I think, was the emotional states. Individuals that really most of my clients are kind of lost in one particular emotional pathway or state, and it's hard to get out of it. And that's kind of similar to the, the sense of the uh, having the ADD problem. It's hard to get out of that one feeling once you're kind of lost in it. And I see that a lot more for people that they're either in anxiety or they're in depression or they're in anger, you know, Mm -hmm. those three big ones, and they just can't pull themselves out of it. Yeah. And and they want to. It's not like they don't want to. Right. And I I think that's the really important piece to come from is that if anything, it's taught me a whole new level of self-compassion in those moments and and recognizing how important being compassionate with yourself during those really tough moments is because it's happening internally. And so other people don't know all that's going on. And so I can also see sort of a a different level of mental dialogue happening where it, it pulls me out of the moment sometimes because I'm just trying to like talk to myself and remind myself like it's okay, you know? And, and so it's, it's been a really big learning process. And I love what you said about the sort of one dimensional emotional states, because I think that that is something that is really important for people to pay attention to and, and to recognize that it is a result of sort of everything we're going through. When we were talking about it, you had brought up a a sort of hypothesis or explanation for why you think that is. Would you be open to sharing it? I really loved what you said. Oh, Jen. Yeah, no, it's just mostly from watching and listening. I think what happens with COVID and the life we've been living is that for all of us, our emotional profiles are somewhat more restricted. And that's because we don't have the same amount of social interaction that we normally have every day. And we use other people to regulate our social pro, our emotional profiles, really. So the, the man at the grocery store who smiles at you Uh, You know, the uh, person you see in the car driving next to you or walking on the street, all of those people help us regulate our emotions. And if we don't have, if we're isolated, you know, we really don't have those checks and balances and we can go in one direction pretty deeply. And I see a lot of, uh, you know, clients struggling with one emotion and just to get them out interacting with other people a bit if they can, or to use other things. And you were talking about a lot of other things we can use for emotional regulation other than people, really. Yeah. So, I mean, it it came up by accident, not, you know, as a conscious thing, but I realized that one of the things 
you know, I'm sure I've talked about this on this podcast before, but I'm generally a very social person. And, you know, there's a lot of like, what is the word I'm looking for? See, this is the COVID brain thing that happens. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm a very social person and I've noticed that I gain a lot from the engagements that I have with people. And since, you know, I, I luckily have my husband living, we're living together, but that's really the other than, you know, doing therapy, that's the extent of my social interactions. And I've noticed that I have been very drawn towards watching YouTube videos of people like being very happy and silly and goofing off and just hugging and like all the things that I deeply want to be able to do but cannot currently do. And it's almost like a vicarious living. And I noticed that building on that is that I've been very drawn towards what you might call like disco pop music, which is just very upbeat and bouncy and like makes you want to get out on the dance floor. And, you know, dancing is generally a very social activity that we do. Whether or not you're dancing with someone, the idea of dancing, you're either dancing and expressing emotional states or, you know... um, but I'm, I'm really seeking that sort of upbeat connection. And I think it's been a sort of subconscious way to balance out the heaviness of everything that I'm, I personally feel I'm carrying, that communally we're carrying. And so I do think that turning to art and different art forms, particularly ones that allow you to tap into a more... Uh, a more complex and more variable emotional state is what I see a lot of us doing. And I, I think it's interesting what you're saying about the sort of one dimensional piece, because I think I have been sort of in this more depressive kind of funk state. And I think in order, because I have sort of some of the therapeutic awareness about it, being able to look to other things to kind of create a sense of balance and expansion. That's, uh, you know, it's interesting because different things can really help. And I can just imagine you listening to the pop music and enjoying it. And, you know, I see other people really reaching out for those things, creative things. Um, I bought some flowers this morning for my husband's birthday. And even that was unusual. I had not bought flowers oh. in about year because it necessitated, you got to go to the flower shop, you know, or it, it was actually a grocery store, but yeah, yeah, grocery store. I'm buying the flowers and I noticed that the bouquets are incredibly beautiful. Yeah. You know, that the colors, and <laughs> I'm thinking, well, I haven't bought them in a while. Were they always this beautiful? Or have I missed it? Right. And I, that's part of it. But then the man who put the bouquets together came out. It was a particular man named Jamie. Yeah. He came and he had made these bouquets. And he said, you know, I spent a lot of time on them today. Because I know people are starting to buy again. And me, and I I will tell you, Jennifer, this bouquet just took over the room. Yeah. Because he had put all of his creative energy 
really into making that for somebody like me and all the other people. And I thought it was just such a nice way to do it and a way to share, you know, kind of his feelings, you know, and Mm -hmm. he was talking about how isolated he had felt and making his bouquets is one way he can feel better and feel connected with all connected. Yeah. Yeah. That's so beautiful. It it reminds me of me going to get me going to get my vaccination. And, you know, typically because I'm a social person, like all small talk or whatever, but I got so much joy from like making small talk with the person checking me in about like how cold it was and like that they were dressed properly and I wasn't. And it was just fascinating for me to realize, I think, like how much I was craving that connection from almost anybody, you know, and my friends will joke that you can put me in a room and I can make friends with anybody. And that's probably true. But like, there was an intensity around it that I hadn't experienced before. And it, it made though that small moment such a beautiful moment. And I was I lost my train of thought and was like, how did I get here? But it, it reminded me that it's, it's those little things that really make such a big difference, right? So and and I think being able to share from a place where it doesn't require a lot of sacrifice, it doesn't require like some arduous over the top thing, but really, you know, this florist or grocery store owner, whoever, you know, whatever his uh, role actually is, he built this beautiful bouquet because he loved it and he filled it with tenderness and you were able to receive that. And I think that is so, so, so important for us to remember in, in these moments is the, the, power that lies in these small connections. You know, I think, especially for me, because I was getting into this sort of depressive turning inward funk, it's very helpful to remember that it it's just takes something little to change to change that experience. It doesn't have to be big and sweeping in order for it to make a difference. It doesn't. And just that emotional connection with another person, you know, the person at the desk. Yeah. So the overall, when you're getting your shot, you're in a frame of relief and happiness and joy and gratitude. And so you're ready to make that connection. Mm-hmm. Though you're always pretty social. I'm actually <laughs> going to show you the flowers. Okay. Because you've got to see these. Okay. I know a little, I wish our listeners could see them, but uh, they are amazing that Jamie made <gasps> Oh, here. wow. So, oh, my yeah. gosh. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. So I think this is the thing about people want to really, really connect now. And they're trying again. And many of us are lost in these negative emotions, which have in some ways camped out in our minds mm-hmm. and taken over our thought patterns completely, mm-hmm. you know, and how to, to move us out, you know, is really important. You know, how do we get out of that? And we work at it in our jobs as therapists, how to help people get out. But we're trapped in the same feelings at this point, just like everybody else, I think. I think that was the other thing that we wanted to make sure we ta- we kind of touch upon is sort of how as therapists 
doing therapy with people during a pandemic has been very different than the the typical therapeutic experience in terms of the emotional distancing that happens. At least, you know, I, I talked about for me, one thing I noticed is that typically, for one, my clients aren't like all feeling the same thing at the same time to the level of intensity that we all were, right? But I, I think the biggest thing is that typically, because of training and, and like it being important for the job, I've learned how to have this emotional distance where I will hold space for a client and it's recognizing this is their mm-hmm. emotional state. There's room yeah. for it, but, but it doesn't belong to me. Whereas it's been much more challenging at moments to f- to figure out where that boundary actually lies. Because if my client is talking about their anxieties around certain things relative to the pandemic, and I am personally experiencing those anxieties as well, it's much harder to recognize where the end of their anxiety is and where mine begins. And it's my job to make sure I'm not putting my anxiety on my clients, right? So it's that's been like a very new experience that I've navigated through this. And we, we as you know, therapists have to admit or, or try to see, and I think if it's interfering with our work or, or a present, as you said to your clients, I'm having trouble tracking, you know, and you need to know because it might affect our work and I don't want you to feel like I'm trying not to connect with you. So I think we have to, be aware of our own emotions and and how we've been impacted too, so that we can share that process really somewhat with our clients. It's really important at this time because we're all in this together, really. And and we're connected with these same feelings and everything. And it it is amazing. You know, I even told the, the flower designer, uh, uh, Jamie, you know, I was telling him about my daughter and I'm going to go see her next week. And, you know, and I, I normally probably wouldn't disclose this, you know, but he had made these beautiful flowers and I felt very connected and wanted to share my happy feelings that I'll see my child who had COVID for the first time in a year and a half, which is a lot. That's a long time. Yeah. Yeah. But these are big feelings we're starting to have again. And that's what I see, Jen, that we our feelings have been so restricted and been in the more negative zone that I can't even imagine what it's going to be like to see my child who I haven't seen in a year and a half. I can't. It just boggles the mind, my mind. Yeah. I mean, as you're bringing it up, I think it's it brings up one of the things that I talk about with my clients a lot when they've gone through some kind of traumatic experience, which is that you know, in in a way, our minds like to just have one emotion to deal with at a time. Yes. And in a way, like that's what happens. But it's also, you know, that it's happening in such quick succession that it feels like we're feeling all the things at the same time. So you're going to have, you know, um, emotions tend to pull us in different directions, right? Like happiness, people tend to think of as upward, sadness, people tend to think of as downward, anger, people tend to think of as outward. And so you you literally feel like you're pulled in all these different directions, because you're going to have sort of the upward elation of seeing this person you love, 
who you haven't seen in a long time, but there's also the sadness of like what could have been. And then the anger about like why you couldn't see them and how things could be better. And, and so I think just being, you know, really gentle and compassionate with ourselves mm-hmm. with this transition out of this more rigid, singular emotional state into what we used to experience, which is the more like full range of emotions. I think that's a transition that I hadn't thought about until you brought it up. Well, I think we're both, all of us are going there together. I mean, it's not only that we're seeing people again, but we're moving into greater emotional complexity because our emotions are associated so much with other people. And uh, I I think this is going to be challenging for all of us. A little bit of joy like this is a lot for me. Yeah. <laughs> had so much of it in the last year and a half. And, you know, it's really how do we manage, you know, these very complex, as you said, you know, the fear of her death, balancing is still legs, you know, those memories are right there. Yeah. And what do you do with all of that? And what do we do? How do we feel as we move into greater, you know, emotional complexity? It's really, uh, it's challenging, just like meeting people. Yeah, very much. I mean, I find myself talking so much more about sort of the emotional basics and reminding people like, okay, this is the function of sadness. Remember, this is what sadness does. Here's how you use it. You know, I think sadness is one of the most challenging emotions for people to deal with because it is our emotion for letting go. And I think as humans, it feels the most like giving up if you don't recognize that letting go is actually a huge part of the healing process. And so I think because we live in, particularly in the U.S., we live in a society that is so much, that places so much pressure on this need to like succeed and to accomplish, I think that that sadness frequently makes people feel very weak. And so it's really, really important during this time that if you do feel sad to to not get stuck in the sadness, but to understand that the sadness is there to acknowledge the pain that you're going through, to allow you to get closer to people, to allow you to receive care and love and to open up space for you to have more joy in your life. That helps me, Jen, because to see the daughter, I'm taking the first plane trip. So I'm going to New Orleans this next week. And I've even lived there for a short period of time. I've been there. But, you know, uh, my daughter said, well, it's closed down, mom, you know, a lot of it. And, you know, we can't do some of the things we've done before, because we're still being very COVID safe. And, you know, and I and I that involves some sadness to not think of this wonderful city with wonderful people. You know, it's lost so many people in New Orleans. And um, just thinking about that brings up the sadness. But those feelings are there, as you say, Jen, we've got to acknowledge them and respect them and, you know, and expect on some level, they'll be there along with everything else that we're dealing with. You know, So it is a combination. How do we have, again, complex feelings, complex emotions? How do we work around the huge negative emotions that we're all feeling and and coping with, really? 
Yeah. I mean, I think there's just so much heaviness there and it's, it's learning that, you know, particularly with sadness, sadness is what lets you release the heaviness. Right. And so if you lean into it, it actually allows you more space eventually once you get through it to have more joy. Because when you acknowledge what you wish was and you're able to let go of it, there's so much more room to accept what is and build from it. Well, maybe that's the note to end on today. <laughs> you know, I think that's, that's really important to recognize the place that it has in our lives. Because sadness really does allow us, you know, this greater expansion and to see that and not get so angry with it, but to really accept that it's really part of all our lives right now as we re-enter, you know, that emotional uh, palette we're going for. (laughs) Yeah. and, And so I hope for our listener that everything we talked about today, you know, there were a lot of different topics, but I hope it helps enrich this moment for you and gets you thinking about the different things that we brought up, the emotional states and, and, you know, just be kind to yourself, take care of yourself. And we're all in this together. Come on. Let's talk about-